What's up people, welcome back to Rebranding Safety. Today we've got a wonky camera, a microphone on a funny stand and absolutely everything. Basically all of the equipment is broke, but today we're going to still talk about fire safety in care homes again. Let's get into the podcast. Health and safety is almost a victim of its own success. We need an oppressive regime of health and safety regulations. A huge fire engulfs a tower block in Children being forced to wear goggles to play conkers at school. Worst oil field disaster, 164 dead. Rebranding Safety, the modern health and safety podcast, crushing the stereotype. And your host, James McPherson. Okay, welcome back to Rebranding Safety. Rebranding Safety is the health and safety podcast and YouTube channel, making health and safety simple to help you save lives and save money. Every Monday, there's a new podcast coming out, and every Tuesday, there's a new YouTube video out. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure you check out YouTube, and if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you check out the podcast. Podcast available on all major platforms. Just search Rebrand and Safety, or there's a shed load of links in the description of this video and or podcast. So, today we're talking about an article that was in the IFE magazines, the Institute, uh, or whatever it's called, Federation Fire Engineers, Institute of Fire Engineers. There we go. So the LFB, London Fire Brigade, have done a essentially audit of care homes. It was 170, 177 care homes in the London boroughs um, after fires in care homes in Wales, London, Hertfordshire, all causing fatalities. Um, they did a massive, massive audit and they come up with some quite, um, they say shocking I wasn't really surprised reading much of it, if I'm honest. So I thought, considering I had a massive rant about a care home, the Hertfordshire one, actually, uh, not so long ago, that we would have another discussion about it and see what the proper professionals say. So let's have a listen then. First statement. In the past few years, care homes in Wales, London and Hertfordshire and a number of other counties have seen major fires, which has resulted in fatalities. London Fire Brigade carried out a detailed inspection of 177 properties in late 2018. These inspections identified a number of fire safety failings and 55% of care homes inspecting received a formal notification from the LFB. Now, formal notification. I think that's a little bit misleading. It doesn't say enforcement, so for me, I don't think it means enforcement. If they do, I'm happy to stand corrected. Um, if they've given, issued enforcement, then why don't they just say enforcement in here? Um, so I'm assuming it's not enforcement, or else I would have said that. They've stated formal notification. Okay. Now, it's pretty much a given that any fire service... Um, issues a formal notification at any inspection um, and they normally always find something so I do think it's slightly misleading it's also worth noting that I've been informed that LFB are the only fire service metropolitan and otherwise um, that have a separate fire safety department and an enforcement department so like in a department that just processes enforcement whereas all the other fire services uh it's all just one so if you were the inspecting officer you would process the enforcement or something like that i don't know the minutiae of it but apparently they have a separate department on that which kind of a contradiction is it not that like 
you've got a department that is is going to be essentially surely p- performance managed on issuing enforcement um so surely they want to find something i thought that was interesting to note before we get into this article even more so they break it down into sections fire assessments compartmentation fire doors etc etc and i've just highlighted a couple of statements from those of which i found interesting so fire risk assessments in 45 percent of 177 care homes the fire risk assessment was found to be not suitable or sufficiently comprehensive some were carried out by in-house managers now you're going to be like, well, James, you're a big advocate for, you know, managers doing it themselves or businesses doing it yourself. And you're right. Yes, I am. Not in these type of buildings. I'm not. Not in care homes where we've got sleeping risk, where we've got progressive horizontal evacuations. You know, we've got, we're relying heavily on compartmentation, which I believe this article touches on in a second anyway. Um, so for me, that is where you require a little bit more of a fire professional or a health and safety professional with good amount of experience in fire. So, I do think it's a very good point that they've raised. It doesn't surprise me. Um, I think the overall standard of fire assessments in the in the nation currently is is near on dire. Um, it's, it's just pretty piss poor, if I'm honest. A um, lot of consultants covering their ass, which naturally they will do in the current climate, and that's kind of a given, granted. But still, just the quality of the work they're producing. Um, and, and from a lot of people I've seen that are from, you know, ex-fire service, etc., etc., they're still not producing amazing fire assessments. And also, as you know, you probably know if you've listened to this podcast, that they're not really risk assessing. They're just uh, hazard spotting. You know, we're not testing procedures. We're not actually, we're just asking questions, getting a yes or no and asking for evidence. And that's it. We're not really testing the stuff out. Um you could argue that, you know, if a risk assessment is 250, 300, 400 quid a pop and, you know, to, to be a, a to be a cost effective business, you need to do like six a day, which means you're probably going to need to be in and out in like 10, 20 minutes, half hour, whatever. Granted, but still, you know, if you're going to do virus assessments, then you should be producing a reasonable quality virus assessments. So, I don't know. That didn't surprise me. 45% of the 177 care homes um, were found to be not suitable, not comprehensive enough. To me, that wasn't a surprise. Um, <clears throat> next statement then, it's concerning the operators of care homes which have complex fire safety challenges, the aforementioned uh, progressive horizontal uh, evacuation, the emergency planning that goes into that, etc., etc. Uh, they continue on to say, do not in all cases understand, and so we're talking about the managers here, do not in all cases need to, right, I'm just going to start again, just start the statement again, because I've completely fucked up. It is concerning that operators of care homes, which have complex fire safety matters, progressive horizontal evacuation, emergency planning, do not in all cases understand the need for their fire risk assessment to be carried out by an assessor that is competent and experienced in these fire safety complexities. I think that kind of goes without saying. I do think, I find fire safety a bit all or nothing. People either just completely don't don't even think about it or, or they're like way over the top of it. I just find we can't seem to find a middle ground, which is massively frustrating. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, I find we're a bit all or nothing with fire safety, so it's, it's I, I didn't know what to think when I read that. I find it, sometimes, you know, you, you you go to some buildings that are really low risk, and they're paying, you know, a consultant 600 quid, God knows what, to 
to do a fire assessment. Then you go to other buildings and they've got, you know, the cleaner doing it. And, you know, no offence to any cleaners or anything like that. But it depends on the property. It's got to be proportionate to the risk. But if you're a manager of a building, you should understand the risks of your property. And if you're managing a care home or your own a care home, even more so, then you should 100% know whether that level of risk um, constitutes something that you could do or something that you need a consultant to do. You know, most of us know whether we're competent to do something or not. And if you don't know if you're competent, you can go watch the fire risk assessment videos that we've done on YouTube. I believe there's two of them. Moving swiftly on, I will drop the links in the description, FYI. Moves on to emergency planning and staffing levels. In 14% of 177 care homes inspected, there was evidence of poor emergency planning or a potential lack of staff to implement the plan. There was evidence of confusion in the documentation or among managers and staff over the premises emergency plan. If I'm brutally honest, didn't surprise me one, one iota. It's pretty much a given that any hospital ward care home is going to go down to a minimal amount of staff and that minimal amount of staff never or rarely in my experience takes into account the evacuation or emergency evacuation of these people the amount of times i've gone to a place like that and and they say how many you know members of staff do you have to patient oh we're two to one and you're like okay yeah nice that's really good i like two to one that's like probably a bit over the top but i'm cool with that um what about nights? Oh, we go down to two. Oh, hang on a minute, you've got 22, how many How many patients can you have? Oh, 22. You've got 22 patients and you can have two people progressively horizontally evacuate or simultaneously evacuate or phased evacuate, whatever it is. And you're like, and you don't see a problem with that? Really? So I think here, a bit of like kind of mindful management when you're, when you're cutting these numbers, when you're making the cuts, which you need to do, and I understand that, we all need to make cuts, etc., etc., which is fine, but have a think about this stuff you know all you've got to do is ask your question how do these people get out of the building if there's a fire it's not hard how do these people get out of the building if there's an emergency you know you've just got to ask a question it's really really not difficult but it seems that we're not really asking the questions and just kind of ignoring it you know N not seeing what, what is it out of sight out of mind there we go um that's kind of what it feels like and that that wasn't surprising to me what whatsoever when i read that so let's move on goes on to training for staff next 10 percent of 177 care homes there in 10 percent of 177 care homes sorry was evidence of inadequate training for staff and managers fire safety training was found to be online only in some cases rather than in-house practical training where evacuation drills may be included now I like to think of myself as quite experienced with training um, and training competencies, etc., etc. I'm no L&D professional or anything like that, so I don't know the kind of plan training planning side of things, but I do like to think I'm a good trainer. So, I think training should be tiered to a point where it matches the level of competency. However, that can be quite difficult in a business depending on the size. Most care home businesses are probably gonna be quite large. They might be part of the NHS, they might not be part of the NHS, God knows. It can be quite complicated to, to work out who needs to know what, but I do think you need to be able to ask two questions when it comes to fire safety. If there's a fire, 
do we know there's a fire and if there is a fire can we get out of the building right so do we know there's a fire how do we do that well depending on your alarm system you might need to react to an alarm go to the panel check if it is a fire go to the location of the fire if safe to do so and blah 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 call the fire service start evacuation etc etc a lot of people go way over the top on this stuff and really start to get really scared about it and think, oh God, oh my God, you know, we're asking, are we potentially asking to, you know, send people into the fire, etc., etc. It's like, mm, let's really just think about what we're saying here. We're saying, go to an alarm panel. The alarm says room seven. You would walk towards room seven until you hear, see, smell a fire. And if at any point you do hear, see or smell a fire, you would just call the fire service and evacuate the building or start the process of evacuation depending on your policies and procedures in the building. Do you, How do you train for that? It's difficult in a care home that if you were going to say, you know, oh, James, we're going to do a, a drill evacuation with your grandma and she because she's in a care home, you would be like, no, you're not. You're not going to do that at all. So it's difficult to do that. Sometimes you can have like a lot of companies or a lot of care homes set up their staff in beds and stuff like that. And I think that's better than nothing. Um, some people will do like tabletop exercises, etc. I think I think both, you know, both ways to do things. I just think you've just got to be a bit more proactive about this. And I think the more you talk about it, the more you think about it, the better it goes. But you know, some care homes and hospitals, etc., need very elaborate plans, um, and you should allocate those roles to specific roles, specific roles in the business, not specific roles, <laughs> uh, specific roles in the business. So you know, say for example, if you turn up and you're allocated lead nurse, the lead nurse will always have this job, collect all the oxygen cylinders in the, in the event of emergency, for example, and try and make it as simple as possible. So you're never going to be in that position where you are, sorry, my dog's barking and it keeps distracting me, where you're going, right, okay, Sheila, I want you to do this, uh, Charlie, you're going to do that, it's just, you know, everybody knows their job, and I think that's important, and then obviously you do have to drill that, um, training for fire extinguishers, if you're going to do them, you may or may not need to do the physically, physical training, that's fine, I do think you can't rely on e-learning, e-learning is education in my opinion, the difference between education and training, well, you've heard me say it a lot of the times, would you prefer your kids to go on sex education or sex training? sex education because training is how to do something you know so you've got to keep that in mind when you're thinking about your training and your training needs to be proportionate and it will be different for different people your nurses your, your hcas whatever you're having in these kind of care homes they're probably going to have a more physical um aspect to their training that involves the actual physical evacuation of their patients whereas managers etc will probably be more strategically based or technical based training to understand the components and the complexity of the strategy of the overall event etc um so i do think you have to be quite clever with training i do think pulling in a health and safety professional or a fire safety professional as alone um to do the training is not the case i think you would need to get a training professional if that makes sense you'll have a better result in my opinion if you get someone who is a trainer to come in and talk about this stuff to work alongside your existing fire risk assessor so that they can explain the risks of the building you might have a fire assessor that's very experienced in training and that's fine you can do that but just keep that in mind that 
it brings a different you can be a good fire assessor you can be a good fire engineer doesn't make you a good trainer it it's a skill in its own right is what i'm trying to say okay let's move on so do, 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 do. Fire doors, protective corridors and staircase in 14% of 177 care homes inspected. We found evidence of failures relating to their protective escape corridors. 29% had fail failures related to fire doors within their premises. The common failures associated with fire doors were excessive gaps around doors, missing or broken doors, self-closing devices, warped doors that were not closing property in there, properly in their respective door frames pretty standard if i'm honest you all just need to pull your finger out start maintaining the shit that you got um you know you wouldn't sell cars and and just be like oh sorry that door don't quite shut mate you know no one would fucking buy it would they so you know if you are selling care or you are selling a care home whether it's renting the room or whatever you're providing a service you're selling something just stop stop selling shit it, why would you do it you know, you wouldn't have it with any other door. You wouldn't have it if it was your front door to your office. I bet your office looked plush as. You know, start getting a bit of pride in your properties. Also, if you don't know what a fire door does and you're in this kind of type of property, you don't understand where you need a fire door. You don't understand the complexity. or well, not complexity because it's not really that, that difficult to understand. You don't understand why you have a fire door and where you have a fire door, which is the two things you probably need to understand. But then find out because... It really ain't hard. Talk to your fire assessor. Stop getting these fire assessors in to just do their job and go. You know, follow them around, ask them questions, try and fucking educate yourself. Um, because you got to maintain it, you got to pay for it. It just, you know, in some cases you might find it a little bit more commercial if you find out where you need it. Because it might be the case that you've got loads and loads of fire doors, and not all of them need to be fire doors. So you could take the signs off some of them and just not maintain those ones because they don't need to be fire doors because they're not protected corridors or protected means of escape. You know, you need to look into that stuff. Your fire strategies, your fire assessors will be able to help you with that. But find out, I mean, why, why are you not maintaining your buildings? Like, just, just pull your fingers out. Jeez. Moving on. Anyway stop ranting i think yeah several instances of fire separation not continuing above full ceilings um to structural ceilings above uh, one bit of advice find out if you've got full ceilings if your fire risk assessor is just poking the ceiling tiles or whatever and having a little look at there if they turn around and say oh that's that's an intrusive survey it's not tell them to stop being fucking lazy they can put the tires up just have a quick look um they want to leave you a vague statement on their assessment. That's their prerogative, I suppose. But, you know, they should be just having a look at this stuff. You're not asking them to drill holes or anything or check the compartmentation, you know, too in-depth. But come the fuck on. You know, we need to be a bit more, not intrusive, but a bit more inquisitive, maybe. Okay, their conclusions. Obviously, their conclusions were a hell of a lot bigger than this, but they do have one conclusion. So, as can be seen from this evidence, there is a clear need for fire risk assessors to take more thorough approach to assessing fire prevention and protection arrangements within care homes. Well, who'd have thought it? Do you know what I mean? Like, Jesus Christ. You, you're sending somebody to a building to be cared for, and they're in a da more dangerous building than what they were at home. I mean, really? 
Really? If you're making money out of looking after people, then you have a right, or you have, sorry, a duty to look after them, not put them in a building that's more dangerous than where they were in the first fucking place. Like, Jesus Christ. Fire risk assessors is a fickle industry at the minute. Uh, how do you find a good one? That is a damn good question. I think you need to get a feel for these people. The NFCC have produced a competency guide, which is helpful, but a lot of the stuff in there doesn't guarantee um, a good fire risk assessor. You might have a competent fire assessor, but a good one is that different? Uh, depends on the way you look at it. But you know, you could be classed as competent as a fire risk assessor by being part of an IFE, being uh, you know having a reasonable set of experience. You can have some tests and qualifications etc you might even be a accredited fire risk assessor by like or warrington fire or one of the other schemes or BAFE or something like that so you might be in part of the schemes or you're a registered fire risk assessor this is good stuff but go and have a coffee with these people or see if you can follow them around to one of their other risk assessments guarantee they'll probably say no but see if you can go and have a look at some of this stuff and have a conversation with them throw some scenarios at them before you're even paying them say we've got a problem with this is this a problem blah, blah, blah. see what they say get a feel for these people before you just get them in based on their qualifications and say off you go um and then start dealing with the problems. get to know the people that you're going to ask to risk assess especially in a care home one of the biggest risk risks that you have in your building um so if you have got those kind of higher risk i would definitely you know advocate a really good relationship with your fire risk assessor 100 and then the next thing is to kind of educate yourself so you understand what you're reading you understand what you're asking for and you understand what they're saying so upskill yourself if you own a care home if you're a senior manager in a care home or ask for skilling so you can kind of interpret this stuff a little bit better and that will only going to help you be more commercial etc etc so they're kind of my top tips that was just essentially me reading through the article adding my 10 pence worth this is quite a i think it's quite a good good way to kind of go through some content let me know what you think um we've got a hell of a lot of interviews planned uh, in the books few people coming on a few people coming back on that have been on before um so looking forward to the future that's a real short podcast for today i hope you've enjoyed it thanks for being here I've been James McPherson. This has been Rebranding Safety. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to click subscribe and the bell so you never miss another episode. If you're on iTunes, give us a rate, give us a review. Uh, if you do do that, take a screenshot, tweet us at Rebranded Safety. Come find us on Facebook as well, Rebranded Safety. I'm on LinkedIn, James McPherson. All the links are in the description. I'll catch you next week. Safe.